Welcome to the Alchemy, Astrology, and Astro Health Podcast. I'm Maya Ratla, medical astrologist, astroherbalist, and green witch. I was diagnosed with endometriosis at 19, and I was told I would never have children. I healed my body through the power of herbs, alternative health practitioners, energy healing, and more. At 28, I had the baby they said I would never have without any interventions. I refused to believe that my body was not able to heal itself. Along this journey, I stumbled across medical astrology and it resonated with me so much. I started down the path to learning this unique system that had been used for thousands of years in the medical community. I now help other women heal their bodies using their cosmic blueprint, the unique blueprint that every person has embedded in their DNA from the stars. This system helps me see what's going on in your body on a cosmic level and exactly how to help you give your body what it needs to heal itself. We are all uniquely and amazingly designed, and when we learn to work with our design, love ourselves for how we are designed to function, and integrate the cosmos into our lives, I truly believe that we can see true and lasting health brought into our lives. If you are ready to change your life, heal your body, and learn to deeply love who you are, this podcast is for you. Come join me as I discuss medical astrology, astro-nutrition, astro-herbalism, health, wellness, spirituality, transformation, and so much more. I'm so excited you are joining me. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Alchemy, Astrology, and Astro Health. I am here today with Kate Olson. Kate is a shadow work facilitator, a mystic, and a tarot reader. She combines her background in psychology and religious studies, her decade of experience applying learning theory, and her intuitive gifts to hold sacred space for deep healing, divine connection, and integrating the sacred into everyday life. Welcome, Kate. Hi. It's good to be here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, we've had uh, quite a time trying to get this together, so I'm excited that it's finally worked yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, my October, well, it's good we didn't have it booked for October. I think that was the original plan, because it would have had to be rescheduled. Yeah. I lost my voice. Yeah. I never lose my voice. Oh, and the yeah. um, irony of that was not lost on me either. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, maybe that was spirit telling you to take a break, right? Take a break, get some rest, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. The I irony was not. Uh, it was a, a weird October. <laughs> when you use your voice all the time for like your work, like you and I do, because like you give readings, I give readings, you do the shadow work stuff. Like we have to speak all the time. Losing our voice is mm-hmm. rough. It's really the only way to get us to like sit down and relax, though. If you think about it, it's really hard to make myself yeah. rest when I can still do my job of talking. Yeah. yeah, and I do a lot of teaching too. And when I teach, I yeah. tend to project my voice very, I have a like a good teaching voice where I can really project it. And yeah. that doesn't go well with, uh, <laughs> with yeah, the no. doctor telling you to rest your voice. Yeah, yeah, not at all. That's the hard part, though. It's so hard to rest. So I'm glad that you're here, that everybody's better. Um so I will tell everybody a little bit about Kate. Kate and I had a session back, I think it was like September, beginning of October, somewhere in there. Um, she did a shadow work session for me. Um, and let me tell you, it was like super eye-opening, super awesome, but also like very emotional at the same time. There was a lot of crying on my part, <laughs> not Kate's. But she was so good at like facilitating that. So yes, how did you get into that? Because that's not something you hear a lot of people like doing or talking about. I mean, hmm. 
Like, you want the really long story or the super short story? <laughs> Whichever feels more um, right. <laughs> because I do have a background in psychology, and my original career was in dog training. I did that for 15 years. And so I love psychology. I love learning. You know, I love learning theory, all these things. Um, I love how human behavior works. Because even though as a dog trainer, you think you're working with dogs, that's why everyone goes into dog training. You're actually working with people and human behavior change. So when my spiritual path, you know, because I think a lot of us have this typical story where something happens and all of a sudden we're like propelled onto a spiritual journey. Um, yes. I eventually found the idea of shadow work, which of course is was coined by Carl Jung. And I was like, oh, I remember learning about this in college. And so it gave me this like thread to follow, basically. Um, to combine, you know, psychology and, um, and spirituality into one thing, if that kind of makes sense. And, and it's probably because of my heavy Scorpio placements, but I always want to get below the surface. I did this as a dog trainer. I do this in my work now. I do this always. I want to know, okay, but what's below that? What's below that? What's below that? And so... <laughs> While, so while I didn't start with shadow work, working with other people or on my own, like, you know, spiritual journey, um, it ended up being a really natural fit because I always want to know, okay, but what's below that? What's, let's just get one level deeper. Where do those roots go? Um, and as far as our psyche is concerned, Carl Jung has you know, your consciousness, all the things you're aware of, your unconscious, your personal unconscious, the things from your life that you're unaware of for whatever reason we can't have all of that stuff in our consciousness and then we also even below that we have the collective unconscious so it's just it gives me this like really nice system to go okay well let's dig deeper let's keep digging deeper um so i mean that's kind of how i found it and since i do a psycho spiritual form of shadow work you know i've worked with as a mentee i've worked with mentors who do shadow work in an, almost a purely psychological way um and then mentors that do a very spiritual form and so i really enjoy combining both of those so we do work with your guides and all that stuff within a session but i mean you know it's just been a an evolution to get me here but this is where we are right now and i've decided to given my scorpio placements and sag placements it will probably continue to evolve and i'm okay with that <laughs> Yes. Yes. No, I like that because you're right. I have a friend, um, another friend who does dog training as well. And that's basically what she says all the time is she's not helping the dog. She's helping the humans who have the dogs. Mm -hmm. And it's right. It's so true. So you're already kind of had that level. So it wasn't much of a leap yeah. to, you know, just well, go and a what a lot deeper. of people, what a lot of people when they're doing shadow work, don't sort of think about or facilitate for others is it's not just about the piece where we sit in meditation and you go deep into theta brain waves and you access your unconscious, you then have to take that out into the real world you, in order to make change and see the change that you want to see. Part of that is nervous system healing, which I really love. And part of that is just like literally learning how to set your environment up so that you're capable of being successful. And so that's also like that huge chunk of dog training is literally like, how do we change your physical environment so that you can be successful? And that actually mm -hmm. impacts your ability to be consistent on any type of spiritual path. It also impacts your ability to take what you're working on in meditation out into life and see the changes that you would like 
to see because why would we do deep shadow work if not to see improvements in some way in my opinion right yeah i mean it makes no sense to do it if you're not going to then use what you learned to change your behavior or change your life or do whatever it was you were looking for right like why go into shadow work if we're just going to ignore everything we just learned and keep on on the same path that just doesn't make sense yeah and it can be really hard I, for people who are unfamiliar mm -hmm. with shadow for people who are unfamiliar with shadow work real quick i'll just give an example of why this can be so helpful and i use this example because it it's concrete and most especially women will understand so i can be a quite reactive person um my nervous system it required a lot of healing and and there's all you know you can look at my birth chart and you can look at my like human design chart and you can see why i can be a little bit reactive um but what was happening for the longest time in my marriage and i've been married for like 12 years i would react very heavily to something very benign my husband would say and i want to make very clear like i have an amazing partner like i am not I don't have a partner who is poking at me, you know, like, who deserves that reaction. Yeah. He would say something, I would, yeah. my nervous system would instantly become activated. I would snap at him. I would become defensive over the simplest questions. So I can then go, okay, we need to go to therapy and we need to have couples therapy and work on our communication, which is great. If anybody here feels like they need that, do that. I am not here to bash therapy. It is a great a compliment to shadow work. They go great together. However, through shadow mm -hmm. work, I come to realize that what is happening is my inner child and my nervous system is stuck in childhood and projecting moments with my father onto my husband. And that is why my nervous system is reacting this way. Now, if I go to therapy with the intention to fix our communication and not the intention to solve my remaining issues from childhood, I can't fix the problem because I'm not looking at the right problem. Like you probably have all kinds of experience with this in, med in medicine. Western medicine does this a lot, right? But you can't fix the problem if you're not looking at the right problem. And so shadow work lets us look at the right problem <laughs> so that we can heal that at its root change how it's stored in your body and in your nervous system. Mm -hmm. And now when my husband says something that provokes my inner child or my nervous system, I have the skills to take a breath, take a step back and go, why do I feel so activated by this? What does my inner child need? And how do I move forward before I just react all over him? And so that's just like, like I said, it's a very, mm -hmm. I think a lot of women can understand snapping at a partner for whatever reason and so that's the example i give as to why shadow work can be so impactful um and kind of you know why we might want to do it <laughs> yes yes i hear you though about like not having a partner that pokes at you and still reacting that way and then thinking there's like maybe something wrong with you well he's so nice why am i you know acting like this because i did have a partner at one point who was the kind who was like let's poke mm -hmm. the bear and was purposely like trying to get that reaction right and now i have a husband that doesn't do that and it's like 
completely different night and day. And I did struggle for a little while at the beginning of our relationship and maybe into like the first year or so of having those same reactions when he was doing something completely benign because my nervous system was still so on edge from, you know, the previous mm -hmm. relationship. And my childhood was very similar to that bit where, you know, there was someone trying to get a reaction. And so that was where my reactions went. So it's taken a while, but we've, uh, we figured it out and now it's not like that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and it can happen with all that stuff. And so big T and little t trauma can kind of put stuff into your unconscious. So memories can be stored there. Um, but so can, you know, really authentic pieces of you that you were told over time that were too much or not enough mm -hmm. or whatever. So while a lot of people go, I don't want to, you know, shadow work sounds scary because we're just looking at the bad pieces of me. Well, not necessarily, you know, some of the in quotes, air quotes, bad stuff is, is sitting there. Sure. But also a lot of your really good stuff is sitting there. Your authentic pieces, the ability to step into your power, mm -hmm. your ability to create firm boundaries for yourself. All of that stuff is also sitting in your unconscious. And so when we start to heal the wounding, we also start to bring out those really beautiful, impactful pieces. Um, mm -hmm. Because I do get that occasionally. Like, well, I don't, you know, I don't want to just like be upset all the time and like look at all these. Like, I don't want to look at my past. Yeah. I want to move forward. And, like, I, and I get that. I do. But also, that's not all that's in there. Yes. I wish it was all just sunshine and roses and rainbows. That would be lovely, right? But if it was, then we wouldn't be uh, coming to somebody to help us work on those parts, right? We wouldn't need shadow work. That would be great sometimes. Well, uh, and that's yeah, what a lot my... of the, the new age uh, problematic areas of the new age community would have you believe. That if you just focus on the good mm -hmm. stuff, say, stay high vibe, then you can like ascend past all this mucky humanity stuff. Don't even look at the dark, just stay love and light. That's not really realistic. That's just, that's spiritual bypassing. That's just gaslighting yourself. This is not helpful. This is actually exceptionally mm -hmm. problematic. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Because I see so many people in this community that are like that. Oh, let's just be so love and light all the time. And I'm like, but you're more as a person than just love and light right like that's great and all to have that side of you for sure but you also have those dark pieces and it's okay to have those dark pieces and it's okay to acknowledge them and to you know learn to and kind of embrace them in a way and be okay with them the more you acknowledge that you have those pieces of you that maybe aren't so great quote unquote uh the more like I don't know, like I find personally for me, like the better I feel mentally, emotionally, the less judgmental I am toward myself, the less shame I have over things because that's just part of who I am. It's okay. Let's move on, you know? And women carry so much societal conditioning um, around being good. So men are conditioned for other yeah. things and, and men are also, I just want to make very clear before I start to say this, the patriarchy has harmed everybody, not just women, but I'm going to speak about women because that's who I work with and I identify as a woman. Mm -hmm. um, but women carry a lot of societal conditioning around being good, okay? And good women don't get angry. Good mm -hmm. women aren't reactive or envious. Um, these are the things that good women are. Like, you look at the seven deadly sins, it's just like a roadmap for that. I actually do this a lot. Um, but let's talk about like anger is my favorite one because I am, I'm quite fond of my own anger. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> 
So if we look at, we can talk about this in like a form of wounded darkness and wounded light. So in a wounded dark form, anger leaks all over everybody. It's, it's what I tend to have an issue with, where I'm mm -hmm. reactive towards people who don't deserve it. Most women, I shouldn't even say that, a lot of women actually have a wounded light form of anger, which is an inability to access it in the first place or shame around feeling anger. But anger is actually mm -hmm. exceptionally important. You, you can't stand up for yourself or others if you can't access anger. You know, rage can be exceptionally yeah. sacred. So we, when we just say, you know, stay out of the darkness, just look at the light. Well, that I like to say, you know, light and dark are equally divine and can be equally wounded. And if we're mm -hmm. just trying to stay in quotes, high vibe all the time, we're going to cause problems. There are no low vibe emotions, but trying to block those emotions and not feel them, that is certainly low vibe. Did I just say there are no high vibe emotions? I meant there are no low vibe emotions. If we're going to talk about high vibration versus low vibration. I understood, but thanks for clarifying just in case someone listening <laughs> maybe didn't get that. But yeah, no, I hear that so much because I, I know this wasn't your background, but I was raised in an extremely religious household and that whole like good girl thing was so pushed, so pushed, like more so than I think maybe another household. I don't know. I only grew up in that one, but it was really, really tough when I left that to like break out of that mentality because it was just so like ingrained without you even realizing it that, you know, you good girls didn't do this. Women don't do this. You know, if you're going to be a lady, you got to act like this all the time. Like there was never the only acceptable emotion growing up in my household was happiness all the time. You always had to be happy and lighthearted and everything was great. Even if everything was currently like sucking or there was something terrible happening, you weren't allowed to be upset about it. Now, if the men got mad about it, were raging, throwing things, punching walls, doing things that were like legitimately scaring you, that was fine. But if you tried doing the same thing, then you were in the wrong because ladies don't do that. I was like, okay, well, dad does that. My brother does that. You know what I mean? All the people that I know who identify as males are doing that. Yet when I do it, it's wrong. How come it's not wrong when they're scaring the shit out of us by throwing things and raging and hitting walls? You know what I mean? Like that was considered okay. But it's took a long time for me to realize that it's okay to be angry at things and to use that anger sometimes to turn it into like a better situation for myself. Case in point, when I left my abusive husband, I left because I finally got to the point where my level of anger was like, no, we have got to leave and you need to get out of the situation. And that anger propelled me forward into being able to actually take action and leave. Like if I had never gotten to that point, I don't think I would have ever left we probably would still be together and I'd still be miserable and still being abused, you know? And mm -hmm. I felt for the longest time there was wrong with me for being angry and leaving, right? Like it was my fault. I was angry. I shouldn't have left. I overreacted. You know, it took me going to therapy and my, and my therapist being like, um, though that's a total normal reaction to what was happening. Like, good on you. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's and and even, you know, because I work with women who both grew up in, in exceptionally religious households and ones that grew up in households like mine, which I kind of call Christian light. You know, we yeah, we went to church and uh, my mom talked about the Bible, but none of it was shoved down my throat like it is for a lot of people. Um, and even for me, all the good yeah. girl conditioning is in there and it, it can be really hard to break free of. 
Um, but yeah, the the anger with men too, and and it's definitely hurting men because men are not allowed allowed in society to feel other emotions. Um, I do remember reading something the yeah. other day that said um, men have convinced have have successfully convinced us that they are the less emotional gender by successfully rebranding anger as not an emotion. <laughs> oh God, yes. <laughs> yes. And I just always that think that's so, so funny. I don't know. Oh God, yes. Yeah. I am very lucky that, I guess, if you want to call it that, um, that I have a husband that is very emotionally intelligent and is not afraid to show other emotions besides anger. Um, I will say when we first met, he wasn't 100% there. So it's taken time. But having like a person that he feels safe with, that he can express emotions with that are beyond just anger and not get judged for it or talked down about or like, hey, just suck it up, be a man, you know, like that yeah. has helped tremendously in that uh, realm. Uh, because unfortunately, you know, he did, he grew up with, uh, his grandfather is like his father influence in his life and his grandfather was from the greatest generation and they were all the time like that you know it's very much just suck it up don't cry be a man you know like you're fine you know and while i'm sure his grandfather didn't mean it in a bad way he was just doing what he knew it's damaging you know without meaning to be yeah it really is. I had a convert. I, I have a toddler. I have a two-year-old son. And I was having this conversation with my husband. Um, and I remember him saying, you know, well, I don't want him to be weak. And my husband's great and very open to feedback. And so when I explained to him that the fact that you see feeling and expressing emotion as weakness is the problem. And he kind of took it in and he, you know, yes. we've moved past this in our parenting. Um, you know, I said, I want him to be strong enough to feel all the emotions and then to turn that into mm -hmm. to rightful action. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, it, so it, it, yes. the conditioning is very heavy for both women and men. It, it presents differently. Um, yeah. And as, you know, not a man and somebody whose clientele is almost exclusively women. That's just not my, I don't, I don't want to try and speak for men when I have no experience in that realm, you know? Yeah. No, definitely. But <clears throat> I get that. Um, you know, it took us going together as a couple to uh, martial arts and doing martial arts together because it was something fun and it was something we could do together and whatever. And having the very, you know, masculine instructor say that keeping your anger in check and only using it when needed to like having the power to beat the absolute shit out of somebody and probably kill them in the process and not using that when the situation maybe doesn't even call for it like that overreaction that's the true power that's the true meaning of being mm -hmm. strong and being you know and i think hearing that multiple like times all the time from on my husband's side is what really kind of helped him too was just hearing another guy say that you're not weak to be experiencing all these feelings and then not reacting in that situation or by holding on to that anger and not using it you don't have to use that anger all the time and it's okay to feel other things like and that guy he was great i absolutely love him i still we still uh, keep in touch and then we don't you know go there anymore because we don't live in that area anymore but like uh 
he was very, very good about that. Always kind of talking to the men and explaining that, yeah, now you have all this ability to actually go fuck somebody up, but you don't have to use that. That's not, doesn't make you weak. That makes you strong and powerful to have these emotions and hold on to them and feel them and then not overreact in the situation. And yeah. that really helped, I think, my husband, because it was coming from another man and not like his wife saying it to him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, my my husband wasn't the one who helped me to make my realizations because that had to be another woman. It had to be a mentor. It couldn't be him being like, mm, I think yeah. you're overreacting. That was that was not going to help my overreacting. Yeah. So. Exactly. How to wind up, you know, uh, with the black eye 101. That's what that would have done. Yeah, occasionally he yeah. would you need to calm down. And I know it, it's meant well, but I'm like, who in the history of ever being told to calm down has calmed down? Right? Man, woman, child, doesn't matter. If any time you tell anybody to calm down, it just enrages them further because they feel invalidated in how they're feeling. Right. Invalidating how they're feeling does not make the situation better. Ever. Ever. No, because you're, it makes your nervous system feel unsafe. And your nervous system yeah. needs to feel safe in order to to function properly. <laughs> yeah, essentially, 100%. and to, to be regulated. <clears throat> yep. And when you and, don't feel that way, then bad things happen sometimes. Well, and that's why I think you know, for women who are you know, so for me, my coping mechanism was anger. For a lot of women, is you know, because we can look at fight, flight, fawn, freeze, um, all these mm -hmm. things, but. For me, I tend to, to go into fight mode and become very reactive. A lot of women tend to go into freeze mode and to just shut down or to just fawn. Um, and it's yep. really easy for us to shame ourselves and be like, I shouldn't be reacting this way. I wish I could stop doing this pattern. I wish I could fill in the blank. But it's really important for us all to understand, you know, these coping mechanisms that we have developed, these behaviors we don't like or reactions we don't like this is our nervous system our inner child our shadow it's our way of they're just trying to keep us safe it's our nervous system and our shadow yes. just trying to keep us safe and so just while literally you know, what they're there for exactly so while my anger wasn't actually helpful in this particular scenario your nervous system can't tell the difference between a perceived threat and an actual threat and so when it perceives a threat, as even if it's based on an unconscious trigger sitting, sitting in your shadow from the past, it will perceive the threat and act accordingly. And that act accordingly mm -hmm. is just however you have learned to keep yourself safe, to deal with all the things you've had to deal with up until this point. And that, that is something we should be thankful for. We should be grateful to our nervous system and to our shadow for... Mm -hmm doing whatever was necessary to get us safe, to keep us safe. Um, and you do have to be at a point where you're you're outside of some of that in order to be, those situations, I mean, in order to be able to do all of this healing. Um, but it's really easy. Shame is absolutely how society keeps women in check. And we want to let mm -hmm. go of that shame and just actually be really grateful that our nervous system and our shadow got us to this point and now we can heal our nervous system we can reprogram our shadow and we can put all of that stuff into the back seat of the car and drive it from our conscious adult brain instead 
-hmm. Yes. Yes. My reaction for the longest time was like the like the freeze because my dad was such an angry person and he would throw things mm -hmm. and break shit and scream and yell over like the tiniest things going wrong. And then my mom's reaction was very much the same as yours. Well, I'm just going to fight back. So she was just screaming too at him. And then it just, it yeah, made nah. the situation like explode exponentially because it was just like anger meeting anger and it, that doesn't fix anything either. Right. And that was all their whole relationship was very volatile like that. And still is probably, I don't know. Um, but that was very much and so as a kid seeing that and my parents like fighting and things flying like your reaction my reaction was not to like run into the fray and start the fight my reaction was like i'm just going to either stay over here hide in the corner where no one can see me hopefully or like run off to my bedroom but a lot of it was usually just freezing in the moment and just standing there and like trying to be completely invisible while they were like you know throwing shit at each other and screaming bloody murder Which and probably was literally the safe way for you to respond it, it, like yeah. it probably would not have been physically safe for you to to fight back and so now as, well not now but then as an adult you know what i mean yeah. as an adult your nervous system and your shadow had to go okay we're not in that situation anymore i'm an adult yes. um this what's happening in front of me now is not the same as what was happening then and i don't yeah. have to react accordingly um, but our nervous systems absolutely get stuck there. So one of the things when we talk about the shadow mm -hmm. is your mind can take um, whatever pieces of you it deems unsafe and it can put those into the shadow for you. Your body can't do that. Your body doesn't have that, that capacity or that yeah. ability to do that. So when you live through any type of big T or little t trauma, you live through shaming or blaming or any of these things that your mind just takes those experiences and kind of puts in the shadow for you. Your body can't do that. So then it comes out in physical illness, which is where you have the experience in, or it comes yep. out in, and it comes out in these nervous system reactions that maybe don't make sense to you because you have no idea why you're reacting that way, or just seem like massive overreactions in either direction of, of fawning or freezing or fighting. Um, so they, they don't feel like they make any sense. My husband and I are building, we're, we're building a small home right now. And I get very reactive very quickly when him and my father will ask me questions. And they're, they're just trying to like figure out what I want so that they can build yeah. this accordingly. And my inner child is going, my inner child goes straight back to childhood and goes, you're not listening to me. My needs aren't going to get met. I have to fight back. And I start to fight back. And, and mm -hmm. my husband will literally, he'll, he's learned to literally be like i am listening to you and then like that will be my key to okay he's listening to me and i can come back and and do my you know my coping mechanisms and it's it's gotten a lot better the last few months so when we first started the construction project very quickly my body would go straight to you're not listening to me my needs are not going to be met which isn't even what's happening mm -hmm. it's just my inner child right. and my nervous right. system yeah. reacting as if my childhood were happening right now. So that's why this is all yeah. I heard somebody say in a podcast recently too that if you if you don't if you deal with your stuff on a spiritual level, it's the easiest to fix. If you don't deal with it there, it will come up in the mm -hmm. mental realm. 
which will be harder and longer and more expensive, think therapy. And if you don't deal with it there, it will come into the physical realm and you will have to cut it out as cancer mm -hmm. or whatever other physical physical thing you're yeah. you're dealing with. Um, and yep. I thought, wow, like if, if that's like such a powerful way to wrap up the bind body, mind, body, spirit connection there. I thought it was a really powerful quote. Mm -hmm. I gotta, I gotta go find which podcast I was listening to so I can credit the correct person. Cause I hate yeah. to quote without credit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I 100% agree with that. That's like where most of my work comes in. Um, especially with people who have chronic illnesses that come to me. A lot of times I'll see in the chart that it's not even like a physical issue that started, like, right, because I'm always looking for the root cause. Like, let's figure out what the root cause is because you can't fix anything if you don't fix what's actually causing it. It's like, you know, when a person comes into the, you know, somewhere and they have like a splinter in their hand, you can give them all the antibiotics in the world to cure the infection. But if you never remove the splinter, they're just going to keep getting recurrent infections because the thing causing the problem is still there causing the problem and irritating everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I was looking for. And so many of the things that I see have absolutely nothing to do with anything physical. They're all, you know, sometimes psychological, mental. There's a lot of stuff in the shadow realm, like all this stuff. And when we really dive deep into that, then it's like, oh, <laughs> if you go fix this, then everything else will be fine. And obviously, in the meantime, you are having symptoms and that sucks. So let's support your body through those, right? So we right. still work on the physical level as well. Because I don't want you to be miserable while you're trying to, you know, heal the things that are actually causing the problem. But yeah, no, I see that so much. And honestly, to be fair, I saw it in my own life too. <laughs> with my mm -hmm. own yeah, health too. problems. And when I dive into my chart, I see that, right? And so when I started healing those things, that started, my body started actually healing too. And, you know, here we are now. But yeah, it was, it's something I see a lot. And that podcast is spot on because that is 100% what happens. Yeah, I know I had a holistic doctor. Um, this was years ago. She's retired now. She was the one who finally got me feeling better after a very long time, uh, which the reading you did for me basically said all the things she said to me over multiple years for a lot less money. It was spot on. Um, and she was great. I, I loved that doctor. Um, but anyway, she, I remember in my very first appointment with her because she was truly holistic. She compared it to having um, was there three or four. So you had to have good nutrition um good social structures mm -hmm. i think a good spiritual health and exercise physical exercise i think might have been the four things but she compared it to like sitting mm -hmm. on a stool like if you have all four of these things strongly in place you can sit on the stool forever three you're still good you're still sitting on a really secure stool but once you start to have two or god forbid even one now we're on a really wobbly stool that's requiring a lot of balance and energy for you to keep upright and so I know I've talked to, mm -hmm. you know, I, I have family members working with you now. I won't name them for their privacy, but um, <laughs> where I've tried to get a, the point across, like, you need to look at your health like a puzzle. We have your physical health, we have, which includes the proper mm -hmm. exercise and the proper nutrition and the proper amount of calories. And we need to have all those things in place. And then there's also the shadow piece. And if you don't have all the puzzle pieces together, you don't have a completed puzzle. You have a, a puzzle missing pieces. Yeah. And that's, yep. you know, and you if it's missing one piece, the puzzle. <laughs> if you're missing one piece, you're probably still looking at a puzzle you understand. But the more pieces you start to miss, the more you're just setting yourself up for problems. So, yeah. 
100%. And yeah, that's the the part that sometimes when I work with people, they don't get because like they come to me and let's say, you know, I they come to me and they're having um, gallbladder issues. This was a recent client, so it came to my bed. <laughs> they're having gallbladder issues, right? And their gallbladder hurts all the time and they don't feel good and they want that to be fixed. And so when they come to me, though, and I'm like, hey, your gallbladder is not actually hurting because there's anything wrong with your gallbladder. Your gallbladder is hurting because of, you know, insert other reason here, whatever that may be. Um, you got some shadow work there. You're, you know, actually, it's your stomach acid. You're not producing enough. And so now you're not, you know, your gallbladder is not working right because, you know, all these other things. And then you're like, OK, so we're going to work on this. They're like, yeah, but I want my gallbladder to feel better. And I'm like. Yes, I know. But to get your gallbladder to feel better, like we got to start over here before we can go over there. And so many times <clears throat> some people get kind of upset sometimes that I'm not fixing the problem <laughs> because I'm not like, according to them, like directly addressing the symptoms they came in with. But as I tell them, symptoms are just the language that the body speaks and the symptoms you're experiencing don't always correlate to the body system as that's experiencing those symptoms as the root cause, right? So like you can be having gallbladder issues, but it's not really your gallbladder that's causing the issues. That's just where the body knew if they put that symptom there, you would finally fucking listen to it and go try to get something fixed, right? And so it's trying to find the piece that's actually, you know, the key piece. And so a lot of times when I start with clients and we go through like the baby steps that I put them through to fix things, like the first step might be, okay, we're going to work on you getting more sunshine and sleeping better at night. So we're going to start on the tea that helps you sleep better. And we're going to, you know, start on having a sleep routine or something. And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, yeah, I could probably get some more sleep, but you know, my gallbladder hurts. <laughs> like, yes, unfortunately. But your gallbladder that, won't feel better without anything. the sleep. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And you can't change anything in your life if you're so fucking exhausted that even getting up out of bed in the morning is a chore. How are you going to implement everything you need to do to fix your gallbladder that I know you need to do? And I'm happy to tell you if you can't even get up out of bed in the mornings, you can't fix anything if you're that exhausted. So we got to start here and get you unexhausted enough that you can implement, you know, steps two through ten or whatever we have. Right. And so I find because of the way like Western medicine works, people expect to come in and they're just like, oh, you're going to give me a pill or herb is going to make this stuff. I'm going to be fine. But those are band-aid solutions. If you want true healing, you can't just slap a band-aid on the symptom and go, oh, well, look, you're better now because the gallbladder stopped hurting. You know, like if you didn't fix the root cause, that gallbladder pain is going to come back eventually and it might come back worse. <laughs> well, if you could just, you know, like work your herbal or not herbal medical astrology magic and come up with an herbal supplement we could all take that would allow us to eat whatever we want, not have to sleep, not have to exercise and still look and feel great. That would just be amazing. That would just be. Right. Right. <laughs> a magic I would pill. be a millionaire. I'd great. never have to work again. <laughs> yes. And then let me sell it to you for three easy payments of $19.99 <laughs> if, if you order right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, no, and I, I get that all the time because they're used to how Western medicine works, right? When they just hand you a pill mm -hmm. and they go, oh, this should help. And then the symptoms go away. So you assume, wrongfully so, most of the time that the problem has been corrected. 
the problem has not been corrected. You've stopped the symptoms. So the body is like, okay, so then you're going to crop up symptoms somewhere else, which is what happens is why you see so many people on so many medications because they stopped having the symptoms of anxiety, but now their gallbladder hurts. So they take this pill to stop the gallbladder hurting, but now their knee hurts. So then they're on a pill to stop the knee hurting. Then their foot starts hurting because the body's not getting what it needs to fix the real problem. So it's going to keep bringing up symptoms and speaking to you in the only way it can, which is the language of symptoms, to get you to finally figure out that, hey, it's not my foot that's actually hurting. It's, you know, something else going on deep inside my body that I need to fix. <laughs> and the more pills you throw at it, the less likely it's to be fixed, for one. And then for two, the more you take those medications, the deeper they drive the problems into the body. And then that makes it harder to fix later because now your body is just so depleted of everything mm -hmm. from trying to tell you for years, perhaps, you know, that you need to fix this other problem that <clears throat> then you get the chronic illnesses and the, you know, issues that way. And then we're like behind the eight ball trying to help your body heal, you know? Yeah. I, um, my holistic doctor, so I was misdiagnosed through all of my twenties. Maybe not even misdiagnosed. I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia through all of my twenties. And I worked with a fantastic acupuncture who had me feeling almost normal. I moved away, started getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And that's when I found my holistic doctor. Um, and she goes, fibromyalgia is always caused by something. There is mm -hmm. something causing it. And so she has this whole list of things that she runs you through because she's, you know, some people's mold toxicity. For me, it was Lyme disease and gluten mm -hmm. sensitivity. Okay. Well, if you don't treat She's like, first of all, if we don't treat the gluten, if you continue to eat the gluten, your body can't fight off the Lyme disease because your whole system yep. is down. So we're going to do, and I was at a point where I needed, I needed antibiotic support for a while to get my body back on track. Um, but then she switched me to an herbal uh, regimen after, like after the first few months, she switched me to an herbal regimen to, mm -hmm. anyway, she, she's truly holistic. She'll give you antibiotics. She'll give you herbal support. She'll also say, you know, she's also the one that found out I don't methylate properly. So she's like, you need to take this B vitamin and do this and whatever, you know? And um, mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're telling me that I have had chronic pain and fatigue and insomnia and anxiety for almost 10 years. Mm -hmm. And nobody else thought to say, hey, is there a food intolerance or a chronic infection at play? Like, mm -hmm. like really? Nope. And so I was already at a point in my dog training career nope. where I always wanted to know what was under the surface. Why is the dog reacting this way? Not just stop the reaction, but why is the dog reacting mm -hmm. this way? Yeah. And then my doctor comes in and goes, great. I'm, I'm really sorry you're in pain, but let's figure out why you're in pain. And so then when I started the career, I'm at, no, I'm constantly, okay, but why? What's underneath it? Let's get to the next layer. Um, but yeah, so I, yeah, yeah, I totally hear yeah. you. No, it, and that is so common in Western medicine is they don't want to find the root cause in many cases because the system is set up to create income and patients if you keep curing all of your patients and they get fixed they don't need to come back to see you you've lost an income stream and some revenue right and so the system is not designed and they don't have time either if you think about it so many mm -hmm. of them are so overworked they're seeing hundreds of patients a day they really right. don't have time to sit there with someone long enough to actually discuss what's going on and then maybe even order any appropriate testing um mm -hmm. and so which is the whole system is not designed to actually 
help cure you. It's designed to help create more patients and longer term income for the system, healthcare system, the pharmaceutical system, the insurance system, right? They're not actually, none of those work together on purpose and are not designed to help you feel better. They don't want you to feel better. They want you to stay in a chronic state of anxiety, depression, illness, because people who are chronically depressed and anxious and ill are easier to control and not have you know, try to come out of hand, right? If you're sick all the time, think about it. You're so sick and tired, you barely have enough energy to live your life, much less, you know, rise up against an, you know, a tyrannical government or anything, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have time to do that. Yeah. You're too sick and tired. Well, and like you said, the doctors, you know, so that it's kind of like we were saying about the patriarchy, men suffer also. Doctors are also, mm -hmm. they get into medicine to help people. And then they're also just in this system. And most of them aren't purposefully trying to keep, it's the system that yeah. is at play. So my holistic doctor, oh, definitely. Uh, you, she would give you this stuff so you could submit it to insurance, but she wouldn't submit it to insurance because she'd have to have a whole person on payroll mm -hmm. for that. My first appointment was like three hours. And it was, yep. that's why it was so expensive. Um, and, you know, this is also so just like that system is kind of designed to keep us down. So is this, again, like good girl conditioning that so many women are at play or stuck inside of. So this is where, like, again, I love the seven deadly sins for this because they point you straight at it. If we can keep women. If we can keep women full of shame, if we can keep them policing each other, then. Mm -hmm. They don't have the ability to step into their power. We see this with our marginalized societies as well. So, like, I truly mm -hmm. believe that human beings are meant to co-create with the divine or the universe or whatever you want to you want to say. I truly believe we are meant to have the power to co-create whatever life we want that is truly in alignment for us. But if the system mm -hmm. can keep you working a hundred hours a week just to keep your family fed and your lights on. You don't have the time for that. You don't have the energy for that. Mm -hmm. That keeps you nope. where the society wants you, working your ass off, unable to get to the voting polls, unable to do all the other things that would allow you to step mm -hmm. into your power and to tear down all these systems and do all this stuff, right? So, yeah, you know, 100%. And when you start to look at the seven deadly sins, you see that. So don't be too angry because if you get angry, you could change things. Don't be too... um don't envy is actually my favorite because envy is wrapped up in so much shame that we can't even identify envy when we feel it, first of all. And when we do feel envy, if you can identify it, we don't understand. All you have to do is take it another step further and go, she just has something that I want. That doesn't make me a bad person. She just has something that I want. And no. we can both have it. Although society would tell us that scarcity is an issue, which gets us into greed and sloth and all the other sins. There's, we can both right. have the, the great relationship or the great career or the whatever it is that we want. We can all have it. But if you can't identify envy, you can't even get that. So you can't even get down that path. And because of all the history of the witch trials, mm -hmm. which were much bigger in Europe than most people realize. They think about Salem, which was not really yeah. that many people. In Europe, tons of people were killed. And in order for me not to be killed, yeah. all I had to do was give up 10 other women. So, you know, mm -hmm. for thousands of years, women have been pitted against each other. So it's unsafe to feel envy, but it's even more unsafe to be the recipient of envy. And so, if we're so busy feeling shame and policing each other through our lack of envy, 
then we can't come together. <laughs> so it's oh yeah, it's all the same. It's all the same. Yeah. It is. It's 100% all the same. And it's designed that way on purpose so that the overlords can keep us where they want us, you know, which is apparently fighting each other instead of fighting what the real issue is. Again, ignoring the true root cause, right? The true root cause is not your neighbor down the street who has that boat that you like. Right. The true root cause is the fucking, you know, government and corporations and health insurance companies in America that keep you so broke because our insurance doesn't pay for anything that you can't afford to, you know, like you said, do anything because you have to work, 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 work to keep your lights on and have some water in your house, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's all, um, it's all very infuriating. And if we can't access that rage, we can't, uh, we can't do anything about it. So I'm big, I'm big on, on right. sacred rage. I'm big on sacred grief. I'm big on the sacredness of the full human experience, not just the happy stuff. Um, and yeah. I think that when we look historically back through the last two to even three or four thousand years, we really see how the sacred feminine was strategically removed from society. This didn't happen on accident. This was thousands of years of strategic erasure. And it impacts everything from obviously religion um, to how we parent, to medicine. Uh, you know, how many of those women that were burned were religious healers? And they, one of the things that allowed, or I shouldn't say allowed them, but the, the reasoning that we needed to burn these healers was because they could help with labor pains and labor pains are punishment mm -hmm. from God. Okay, well, we lost a whole generation of women or probably men, but mostly women who had yeah. generational healing knowledge. I mean, so these things, you know, for example, you know, the traditions that have popped up around the Garden of Eden or the traditions that have popped up around the seven deadly sins. When we look at this stuff historically, we can see exactly how intentional it was and how it has literal impacts on today's society. It's not just all oh yeah, it would be nice if we were also worshiping a goddess. No, like this has literal impacts on today's society, regardless of whether yep. you're religious or spiritual at all. And so therefore it matters. And this stuff all has its claws so deep into the collective unconscious that even if, you know, even if someone was never raised in a, in a religious household and so the story that happened in the Garden of Eden was never shoved down their throat, that story is still sitting in your unconscious, ruling your various reactions and things. The same thing with the witch trials. And and this is where like I love the overlap of of science. Like epigenetics is proving that we pass trauma down in our DNA. And so yep. the fear that women feel about being seen, that's current day societal programming. It's also thousands of years of trauma. And we see this in our black and brown communities, in our indigenous communities, I mean in our LGBTQ communities. It's not just societal condition today. It's a thousand years of oppression and mm -hmm. trauma and all these things and it sits in our bodies as well yep. as in our shadows and it's all just it's all very entangled and it's fascinating to start yeah. teasing it to start teasing it apart yes yeah so much so 
there is so much like generational stuff on top of where the current society is and how they're currently you know doing things that it's uh it's hard sometimes to move past things and this is why it's important to get people like you and me who can help facilitate that because you may not know how to get there and that's okay you don't need to know how to get there that's why we have people like us who <laughs> have done the work and know how to and can help you you know get there because it's not easy um to do at all that's really not easy to always do on your own it's nice to have that support and have somebody there who understands and can help you and um support you along the way with whatever it is that you need right i mean like you said you have that holistic doctor and without her being like really probably supportive in the whole process of hey this is okay and this is what we're going to do and helping you feel like you know you could do this even though some of it was probably not fun and sometimes as our bodies are healing things get worse before they get better yeah. you had that support yeah, absolutely. to get there right <laughs> yeah and if you didn't have that support guess what would have happened as soon as things got harder you would have quit more than likely right because you're like this is hard i feel worse instead of better it's not working and i get that a lot from my clients when we start working together i always warn them ahead of time when we start working on this things are probably going to get worse before they get better and that's how your body heals it has to purge all that stuff out right and has to has to do that you're going to hit a speed bump and that's okay we're going to go over the speed bump and we're going to keep going yeah, I was I I work I think it very I, I feel very strongly that anybody who's working with you in a psychological method or shadow work method or spiritual method really should have their own mentor at all times to help them stay on top of their own stuff. Um, but I was doing a long term mentorship with somebody and I remember the same thing happened. I had a full out identity crisis halfway through our mentorship. I was like, I, we've torn down all this conditioning. I've released all this stuff. And I don't, I don't know what that means now. Like, who am I now? And she was like, well, yeah. first of all, this is normal. This is really normal. And now that I'm on the other side of it, although shadow work is something we tend to hit cyclically. So uh, it'll be yeah. back. But uh, <laughs> now that I'm on the other side of that, that void, essentially, it it was all worth it to to start to mm -hmm. step into who I really am, not who society tried to tell me I should be and to let go of enough yeah. fear to to be seen for who I really am and to, um, you know, let my husband see my the full pieces of me without consistently worrying he's going to leave or just all the things. But it is absolutely normal yeah. to have that that period of time. I know I hear this a lot, especially from people who do, do shadow work alone, which can be done. I don't want anybody to feel like they have to pay me in order to do shadow work. Um, but I do hear a lot from people who are doing shadow work on their own, like, like it made things worse. It was too hard. They did. So they had to stop. And it's like, well, if you were doing it mm -hmm. right, it shouldn't have hit that level. So let's, let's get you back on the right track with it. Um, but also, I mean, think about and it doesn't always have to be this dramatic. I'm going to make that clear. But like, think about a wildfire. Like wildfires come through and they clear things out. And there's a period of time where everything looks dead. Everything looks dead. Mm -hmm. And if you just give it a little bit of time, there is an explosion of growth. New stuff grows. The stuff that didn't die, like all the big trees, are stronger than they were before. There are species of trees, other plants too, but I'm just on a tree kick lately, where without fire, without an actual wildfire going through, the seeds won't sprout. Mm -hmm. They just won't. Um, yeah. It makes room for wildlife to come back in. I mean, it's just, so the wildfire isn't fun, 
and it's quite destructive. And for a minute, it looks terrible. And then what comes on the other yes. side of it was you see how necessary it was and how much new things can pop up. Yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, when I was but healing my life, I life, those reactions. Life. <laughs> exactly. And it's a never, it's a never ending mm -hmm. cycle, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. And it's a normal cycle. It's a normal part of life. And when we talk about like death, in our cases we're not talking about physical death but like you said like you had to die to who you thought you were right that that belief system that you had ingrained into you to really be reborn as who you are now and who you probably should be at this moment in time because right? like you said it always comes back around so eventually that may change again and that's again normal it's a normal part of life to die to things that you once believed or you once thought about yourself and then come back as you know somebody different and new and things like that. It's it's a normal part of life. And I think in the society that we live in, death of any kind is really feared and looked down mm -hmm. upon. And like when people do, you know, die to something that they no longer believe and then come back as like this new person, people get mad and angry. Well, you're not the person I know I, I used to know. No, I'm not. And that's a good thing. Like we want to grow as human beings. And if we all just stay where we used to be, then things don't ever progress or move forward in society, in our lives, and anything. And so we have to do that. But there's a death gets a bad rap in our society. It's something to be like feared and scared of, and you don't want to happen. And we spend our whole lives trying to do everything possible to avoid it in any way, shape, or form. And that's just unrealistic. It really is. And it's a very, um, it's a very patriarchal mindset that we need to be always you know, always growing, always getting better, always getting bigger, always, you know, like even in business as an entrepreneur, you know, the saying mm -hmm. is like, you're either growing or dying. Okay, well, okay. You know, yeah, where, no. <laughs> when I, okay. So when we, again, when, when the sacred feminine was just wiped out, we as a society lost the, the sacredness and just the ability to sit with cycles that there should be cycles mm -hmm. in life and and women who bleed menstruating women are usual you know we're intimately familiar with what a cycle looks like in our lives and mm -hmm. the demonization yep. of that cycle allowed us to or allowed society to sever us from the power that is within cycles and is also a good example of common not equaling normal so there's a lot of things in society that are just common. And so therefore we think that they're normal, but just because it happens all the time doesn't mean that it's normal or good. And we see that in spiritual yep. practices and we see that in death, like you were just taught, we see that in all kinds of things. And I think actually the menstrual cycle, and you can speak on this, is a great example of that. Um, horrendously painful mm -hmm. periods are not normal. It might be common, no, but it's not normal. Common does not equal normal. Mm -mm. Nope. I had a whole talk with this with my daughters, right? Because as they were getting older, they're going to start their menstrual cycle. That is just how life works. And I had a whole discussion with them that period pain is not normal. Cramping is not normal. Having excessive bleeding to the point where you feel like you're going to pass out and you're shaky all the time, not normal. Um, all the stuff that we're told, the sore breasts, the the mood swings, the the cramps, the pain, the the blood clots and the everything all of that is not normal at all 
100% not normal. We are not destined to start a period and immediately be miserable. That is not how it's supposed to be. It's, it's common now, right? But it doesn't make it normal. And when I tell people that, they just, a lot of people scoff at me. They're like, yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. And I'm like, yeah, no, no, it's not. And if you believe no. that, I'm really sorry that that has been ingrained into your head so much so that you think and believe truly that you have to be miserable during your periods or it doesn't count somehow. I don't know what they're, what the thought process is there that if you're not miserable that something is wrong but if you're not miserable that's good that's how it's supposed to be and that's one of the things that when i've noticed a lot because i work mainly with women too like you that when their bodies they come to me for something else and we start healing their bodies one of the first things that a lot of them see is their menstrual cycle changing um, as a woman our who you know has that menstrual cycle anybody with the ovaries and a uterus that has that menstrual cycle that's our fifth vital sign right we always look at blood pressure temperature mm -hmm. respiration rate heart rate all that stuff those are the best but your fifth vital sign and the most important as a woman is your cycle the first thing to go out of whack when your body is experiencing some kind of disease or imbalance is going to be your menstrual cycle the first thing then that will go back to normal when you're healing a lot of times will be that menstrual cycle even if the symptom that you were having hasn't disappeared yet um and that's signs that your body is changing and it's it's doing what it's supposed to do because that menstrual cycle is back in sync and it's normal again and that's something that we're not taught many times as women i know so many women come to me and they are so confused about their own cycles they don't understand them they don't know they don't know how their body's designed to work because at least in america i can't specify for other countries but like we don't do enough education when our girls are young about what a menstrual cycle looks like, what's normal, what's not normal, how your body works, the fact that your cervix moves up and down during certain parts of your menstrual cycle, making it closer sometimes and further away others, and that can impact your sex life because if it's closer to the entrance, then it's gonna possibly be more painful. And this maybe if that's you, then hey, just you know, let's avoid some sex during that time or try a different position, or I don't know, talk to our partner about hey, this is hurting, let's try something different tonight, you know, like but we don't we don't teach them this, we don't teach them is not normal to have cramps we don't teach them that hey when your body is getting sick the first thing is going to go out of whack is your menstrual cycle so if that happens that's you know time to pay attention and start looking into what's going on because they just they don't again like you said that divine sacred feminine was lost and we stopped teaching our women and our girls about their own bodies and to embrace that divine feminine energy and the cycles that they go through and learn how to live with them and what was normal for them and we just we've missed out on so much um and so that's something that i have been striving with my own daughters to change is explaining to them exactly what all this stuff is and how that works and you know when they start their cycles we have a, a ceremony we do like a sacred ceremony where we're celebrating the fact that they started the cycle because it's an amazing thing to have and it makes you so much like more in tune with things you know yeah, I remember reading about it for the first time and I remember being like, I've, I've been lied to. I was like 28 mm -hmm. or something and I'm like, oh, yeah. I've been lied 100%. to about all of this. And when you do start to like understand how, how your cycle works, you can really sync with it because there are asp there are periods of time within your cycle where you're more productive for this type of thing, where you're more uh, detail oriented, where you're more intuitive, where you're there there are 
there's like the four phases of your cycle, right? And each one comes with its own superpowers and its own weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And if you know how to work with that, it's amazing how great you can feel. I, I had to let go of some shame because yep. you know, during, during certain parts of my cycle, I will be very low energy. Um, and if I go with mm -hmm. that, it's, I, I'm going to feel fine and I'm actually still going to be very productive. Um, and I had to explain to my husband was, I'm like, I'm just in a low, I just, cause my husband's very lots of energy. It's like, I just need to rest during this point in my cycle. And he's yeah. like, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but then there are other points of my cycle where I can go, go, go. I can be on my feet for 12 hours a day, getting shit done. And he can't yep. because his, his hormonal cycle is on a 24 hour cycle, whereas yep. mine is Instead of a 28, 28 days. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. um, if you actually look over the course of the month, and we're going to let's just measure like productivity in quotes as we see it in society, which I also have issues with. Um, I am just as productive yes. over the course of a month as he is. It just isn't on a daily basis. But that's a whole other mm -hmm. can of worms. The issues with our yeah. versions of productivity. <laughs> Sloth. Oh, God, on the yes, seven that's so annoying. One for that. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. That's very much how my cycle goes, too. Um, and my cycle is very synced with the moon cycles so when the moon is in its you know full moon position and it has all this like energy and light that it's giving off that's when i ovulate so i have the most energy leading up to like a full moon and i get so much shit done like period like i, I just want to go i have the energy to do it my brain is like yes let's do this like everything's working as it should right together and we're all great and then like the closer we get to a new moon i move into my luteal phase and then i move into my bleeding phase and then my body is like oh hell no we ain't doing anything girl you're gonna lay here in bed for 12 hours today instead of you know working mm -hmm. for 12 hours like you literally maybe just did yesterday you know and i was with you it took me a long time to be okay with that because nobody ever explained to me the phases of your menstruation and how some of them are very low energy and that's on purpose because your body is conserving energy to bleed which takes a lot of energy out of you and it's actually one of the things that i teach when working with you know women with their menstrual cycles is going and doing that rest phase is okay it's okay to rest when your body needs it. it's okay to not be on 24 7 it's okay to honor that and then um, we work too on like really nourishing your bodies when you know that phase is coming this is why a lot of times many women will have like an increase in appetite during their luteal phase right before they bleed because their body is trying to get them to eat all of this nourishing food oh, yeah. build up those Happens stores to that me. they need right <laughs> to bleed yes me too mm -hmm. i can always tell i'm like i am eating a lot recently and i am starving i'm like oh and i look at the calendar i'm like oh new moon's next week there we go my body was and so that reminds me to give my body the more nourishing foods that i know that it loves and it needs and it desires so that i can build up those stores that my body needs to go through my bleeding phase and not be completely wiped out right mm -hmm. and then in the bleeding phase that's the time eat some more like nourishing broth soup you know things that really feel they feel good. They're comfort foods a lot of times, but they give you the nourishment you need without you having to put a lot of energy and effort into making them because that's what your body needs at that moment, you know? And in my one course that I have, um, we talk about like nutrition for happy, healthy hormones. And there's a whole cycle syncing part of it where we talk about syncing your eating and your nutrition to where you are in your cycle to give your body what it needs at that moment in time. And again, 
that's stuff that I was never taught. I had to learn this when I was like, you know, a 28 year old woman. Like I should never have had to wait until I was 28 to know this stuff about my own body. Right. And I figured how I figured it out. I went looking and did my own research. Nobody told me this This was nothing that like anybody, anybody told me this was all stuff that I have had to learn the hard way, which is why I do my best to help other women not have to learn it. the hard way. <laughs> it's not yeah. fun. Yeah, well, I want to go back to what you said that, you know, it's okay to rest. Like, not only is it okay, it's necessary. It's a requirement. It's yes. sacred to take the time <laughs> yes. that you need to rest. Society would have us believe that our worth is wrapped up in what we do. That if you're not doing enough, yeah. that you are unworthy. And that's mm -hmm. just crap. So not Nothing true. in the natural yeah. world, like we were talking about earlier, nothing in the natural world is producing all the time. No garden, no plant, no season. There's nothing no. that produces all the time. Rest is necessary. No. But again, they if you're working yourself too. too ragged, then you can't do the things that you need to do to actually take care of yourself. Um, yeah. So not only is it okay, it's yeah. absolutely necessary. And a lot of women, that's one that's, that's hard for a lot of women mm -hmm. also. Um, that it's it's actually yeah. good for you to just sit and rest when your body needs you yeah. to. <laughs> and what I always tell my clients and people that I'm talking to, if you don't rest as you need to, right, when your body is demanding it or when you just feel like it's necessary or you're in that phase in your cycle where rest is more important and you don't give your body the rest that it needs, your body will get the rest that it needs and it'll do it in a way that is going to be 10 times worse than it would have been if you would have just fucking done it when it asked for it, right? Like, you're going to go and you're going to be very, very sick. You're going to be bed bound. You're going to wind up with a nasty infection. Something is going to happen that is going to put you in a bed and unable to do anything for weeks when you could have just rested one or two days last week and been done with it, right? Mm-hmm. Because your body needs that rest and it will find a way to get it, even if that means like literally practically making you feel like you're on death's door. It'll get the rest My, that it uh, needs. And it's, yeah, it's hard. My tarot mentor, for anyone who's familiar with tarot, uh, calls the Four of Swords her uh, take a rest or the universe will arrange one for you card. <laughs> <laughs> which is exactly yeah. what we're talking about. Take the break. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> life is going to just create a break for you, which is probably what my October without my voice was all about. <laughs> you didn't take your break. So here's mm -hmm. the break you needed. Yep. And we're going to make sure that you actually do it, right? Because if you can't mm -hmm. speak, and like you said, everything you do for your business is mainly speaking, that's going to take the one thing that you need so that you have to do it. You can't half-ass it. You can't you know yeah exactly mm -hmm. yeah so 100 percent. it's uh nature always makes a way to get what it needs and you are part of nature and we're inextricably linked to it so it'll find a way to make us do the same thing <laughs> oh, <laughs> one way absolutely. or another you know mm -hmm. yes well we are up on our time unfortunately we could probably talk all day y'all because kate and i just you know all that scorpio energy we really always just love to talk about everything but we should probably go before we uh, bore everybody to death so let us know where we can find you kate for anybody who's interested in your services 
So you can find everything. The website is the mystic at, uh, excuse me, the mystic in the woods.com. Um, and you can find me on YouTube and Instagram at the mystic in the woods also. Um, yeah. And the website has all those links as well as any current offerings and all that stuff as well. Awesome. Great. I will make sure to put that in the show notes for everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Love and light. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Alchemy, Astrology, and Astro Health. I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I enjoyed making it. You can find all relevant links to today's show in the show notes below. If you loved the show today, please subscribe, follow, and leave me a review. I love to hear your thoughts and it helps me know what is a hit and to make more of that content, especially for you. If you want to learn more about me and how I can help you, head over to atlaastrology.com. There you can sign up for a medical astrology package, download my free sunshine in your health ebook read the blog and so much more if you want to connect more outside the podcast follow my instagram channel at atla astrology or join my astro connection community the link to which you can find in the show notes until next time love and light mm-hmm.